Andrew, oh you really want to be on the show, don't you? <laughs> I do. Andrew's I do. here this morning. I'm just well, I'm so in the zone. I'm going to be here. Myself out. Somebody well, good morning. wants to be on the show. I love that. Well, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, our producer yet again opened the show with us, which is so fun. We love seeing Andrew. Andrew, good to see you again. <laughs> he clipped in last week to talk about airlines, and I think he started out the show with us. Anyways, it's always good to see Andrew. People love to see who's behind the camera. You know, it's a thing. They do, of course. Yeah, so good. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite pro-life morning show. Once again, I'm Laura Muzica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And it really, truly is such a great joy for us to join you today and each and every Friday as we talk about what's going on in the pro-life world, how we can continue to change hearts and minds on this most important issue of our times, the cause of life. That's right. Prayer, news, stories, uh, devotional, all the things, special interview, right? It is all right here, folks. Once again, you can find us every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central on Facebook Live as well as YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Good morning. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning, Melissa. We've already got people and bushy-tailed saying hello. So exciting. Nate, we are into February. February already. So exciting. We are. Yep. Second second week, right? Second week of February. I guess we barely started February last week. And um, tomorrow, just a, a, um, a complete um, shameless shout out. Tomorrow is Ryland's 15th birthday. So Aww. I don't know how that happened, but wow. 15 tomorrow. You've got like a, a, a real teenager, not just like a 13 year old, but you've got a real <laughs> teenager right. now, right? Right That's in the middle right. of that. What, what happens in the state of Florida? Do you get your driver's permit at 15? Is that, you is can, that yes. Yeah, and, you can okay. get your permit at 15. So yeah. we'll be working towards that. That'll be a new goal. That's great. Good, good, good. Well, um, I brought out an oldie but a goodie from the cabinet. My hot stuff mug warns people that there's hot contents in it. Um, yeah, that's really why I got it, you know, just to make sure people pick <laughs> up the hot mug. So anyways, I thought I'd share in case you haven't seen my hot stuff mug. And also Valentine's Day is upon us. Um, although some denominations celebrate Ash Wednesday, so it's kind of a weird day to kick off the Lenten season if you celebrate that, right? You'll be fasting on Valentine's Day. So I guess you have to take out your significant other on what, Fat Tuesday or something? That's what we're planning on doing. But anyways, first world problems, first world problems. <laughs> all right. Well, with all of that great information, let's go ahead and get rolling. So Nate, you want to open us with a word of prayer? Sure. Sounds good. Let's pray. Dillard, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together again this Friday. Thank you for all that you're doing across the pro-life, pro-love movement and through Sidewalk Advocates for Life and so many other great organizations. We're so grateful um, for all the miracles that we've seen and the miracles that we continue to, to hear about and see each and every day. Um, thank you so much for the call that you placed upon our lives, that we would be the hands and feet of Jesus, truly, to those who are in the most um, desperate of situations. God, I pray that you would continue to soften hearts and minds on the issue of life, and that you would continue to show us your, um, your just great plan of how we will continue to see um, a culture of life be built more and more across America. Thank you for the show today and bless our time together in Jesus name. Amen. 
Amen. Thank you, Nate. I am still like figuring out all the technology. I have ring lights now. I have a nice microphone. We are upgrading. And I dumped water <laughs> on my desk just before the show. This is a lot of fun. Anyways, I think we're settled, <laughs> ready to roll. Hopefully you guys can hear me. All right, here is what's going on. This is a really interesting story um, and a delicate story, really. And this, this particular plea, this information comes from Martin Cannon, senior counsel of the Thomas More Society. That's a public interest law firm that defends free speech and traditional values in the public square. Martin is also the attorney that is assigned to our sidewalk advocates. So he says, with the evidence we have, we believe that babies are being born alive and left to die in abortionist Santangelo's late-term abortion facility in Washington, D.C., and his plea is that Congress must immediately immediately intervene to prevent the destruction of the bodies of the DC-5. So this is the term that's been given to five preborn children who were disco- discovered by a couple clients of the Thomas More Society. Uh, there's evidence that these children may have been victims of infanticide at this particular facility. So Martin says, earlier this week, it came to my attention that the Biden administration informed the Washington, D.C. Medical Examiner's Office that they have no further use for the bodies of these precious babies who have become known as the D.C. Five. The D.C. Medical Examiner's Office then told Martin that they plan to dispose of their remains by Friday today, barring significant intervention from a court or congressional investigation. The examiner's office has thus far refused to investigate or do a proper autopsy on these precious babies. The Department of Justice, surprise, surprise, has refused to investigate. The D.C. police, surprise, surprise, has refused to investigate. And now they want to basically wipe away any trace of these precious babies who may be evidence of federal crimes. They don't even want to give them a proper burial. So he's laid out all the evidence for uh, Santangelo's barbaric practices in a letter to Representative Jim Jordan, urging him to open a congressional investigation. What was beautiful was 35 pro-life organizations, including Thomas More Society, immediately moved into high gear to force Congress to halt this unconscionable destruction. If Congress opens an investigation, this can be stopped, stopped in its tracks. Representative Pat Fallon from Texas, with 44 other representatives, demanded that the DOJ halt any plans in this regard. Reps Chip Roy and Andy Biggs, the chairman of two House of Representatives subcommittees, have sent a letter to D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser and the police chief requesting that the D.C. 5 be preserved. And Senator Ted Cruz at this point has gotten involved and demanded in the strongest possible terms in a letter to Bowser that the bodies of the D.C. 5 be preserved, and he's requested confirmation. So Martin has said, we've got to keep up the pressure. There's still time to act. He's encouraging everyone to call their congressional representatives to make sure they add their voice to save these children and and really give them the dignity of understanding what happened with the evidence that's before us. So he asked for prayers to succeed in the battle. Um, You know, this is a lot to kind of process here on the morning show. But at the end of the day, um, these children they're children, they're human beings, and there's possible evidence of crime that's been committed against them. And so if your heart is so moved, we encourage you to call your congressional representative and add your voice into this battle right now. We're grateful for Martin and the attorneys at the Thomas More Society. They are attorneys unlike any other. Yes, there are good attorneys out there, everybody. Isn't that great, right? And um, really, they have started a wave across the United States here encouraging people um, to add their voices to 
this travesty of justice. And so hopefully there will be an investigation and what has been done to these children, will they, they will be brought to justice. These were later term abortions. And it was very apparent that something else may have been going on besides just the abortion procedure, which in and of itself is inhumane and is an injustice. And I pray that one day we will live in a country that prosecutes on that fact alone. But for right now, um, at least we have some legal leverage here to do well by them. So anyways, you know, a lot to process here, Nate, but um, I'm praying, I'm hoping, you know, DC, Congress, <laughs> we'll intervene in this whole matter and we will find out what happened. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very challenging. It's a challenging situation all, um, all the way around, right? This has been going on for a couple of years. I believe that these babies were first discovered around two years ago or, or something yeah. like that, maybe even further. And so it, it is um, a really, really horrible, horrific situation we do hope that the, the bodies of these babies will be preserved and that they would be treated with the human dignity that they deserve. That's you know, right. I think, again, it, it highlights the whole um, conversation that we've been trying to promote um, and that I've you know spoken to several times of like, when should human rights protection be extended to those in the womb? Yeah. And this these these babies, though it is difficult to contemplate on and to see the pictures and, and to talk about these babies were delivered fully intact, or I think except for maybe one that may have had an injury and the babies being delivered fully intact does speak to that. Something else may have happened that maybe yeah. they were born alive and left to die. Mm. And every person, regardless your position on abortion, every person, should be very concerned about the idea of babies being left to die after they've been born. And yeah. so we do hope that Congress will do, do their job, take their place in this situation today. It does appear to be like a last ditch effort to make these final pleas to different DC officials and to Congress. But we do hope and pray that they will step forward and stop these babies from being destroyed and we do encourage you, if you feel so called, to contact your congressional members today. That's right. Well, may the Lord have mercy on us for this, this barbaric practice that our country still participates in. And we pray for justice for these children, for these women, for these families. And uh, we're going to keep doing what we're doing over here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life. We have Sidewalk Advocates in the Washington, D.C., metro area and beyond, we're going to keep being the hands and feet of Jesus outside of these facilities, serving these women and giving them hope, help, options, and real resources. So we will continue to cover the situation and keep you all posted for sure. All right. Well, on a little bit of a lighter note, Nate, you got a victory story for us this week. Let's go ahead and talk about something that happened on the side. Yeah, this is, this is a great story. And Lauren doesn't even know this one yet. So it's Ooh. always good to give her a brand new one. So today I have a story for you that is really remarkable. One of our sidewalk advocate locations um, has a police officer that they hire to be there. It is a local police officer, but they are paying for this service for the police officer to stand by just to make sure that everybody who's out there is kind of, you know, being on their best behavior. This site does have a lot of escorts. And so this site in particular has um, been paying for a police officer to be there on abortion day. 
Well, recently, um, just last week on abortion day, this police officer who has been there often and has begun to observe what happens, noticed a young lady coming back out of the abortion facility that she happened to know. It was actually a friend of hers. And what she noticed as this young lady came out is she noticed that she had a, a referral form in her hand, which again is common to this location because this state has a six-week abortion ban. And so that referral paper meant that this young lady was past six weeks, that a heartbeat had been detected, and that if she was going to seek an abortion, she was going to need to go out of state. Well, the police officer, again, because the police officer has been there often and has been observing what happens there and, and is you know has talked with our sidewalk advocate team and is herself pro-life, noticed this referral form. And knowing what that meant, she actually took it upon herself to contact her friend after her friend left and encourage her friend to contact the pregnancy center that is right next door and to get their you know, advice before she contemplated going out of state for an abortion. Um, there was an exchange with the police officer and our sidewalk advocate team. Um, permission was granted from this young lady for the pregnancy center to reach out to her. And our sidewalk advocate team um, that works alongside this pregnancy center was able to reach out to her and schedule her an appointment for an ultrasound that she was willing to accept and very um, thankful and very um, you know, eager even to come and have that appointment before she made a decision about whether she was gonna leave the state. What's so amazing to me and just fascinating to me, and I hope it is to you, is that it, ta it can take anybody and everybody outside on the sidewalk, even those who aren't technically trained sidewalk advocates that are out there praying being a part of observing what's happening can be a part of helping to make sure that women have medically accurate information and that women are fully informed before they make a decision that will change their life forever. So what an awesome story. I hope you find it as cool as I do of this police officer being a part of this beautiful story of at least this hopeful with this young lady slowing down to consider her options before she goes out of state to prospectively have an abortion. So Lauren, your thoughts? What a great story. I love it when I come to the morning show and I'm like, I haven't heard this yet, but that's our team's big enough to where it actually happens a lot, right? So we, uh, we sometimes find things out or we get to hold babies before other team members do or things like that, right? So how or we're so busy that we don't have time to slow down and tell each other these things. I mean, I Lord, we've only been in probably, uh, you know, two dozen meetings this week. So, Oh, my gracious. I know. Yeah. And and now, by God's grace, 22,000 babies saved and mothers served in the ministry. So it really is a problem of, by his grace, we just can't keep up. I think on average, any one day, you know, during the week where abortion facilities are open, on average, we see about a dozen children saved so exciting. So thanks be to God. What a great story, Nate. Thank you for sharing. Okay. So I have the tip this week. What's it going to be? What's it going to be? Here we go. Okay. I really want to encourage everyone when they're on the sidewalk to turn off that self-monitoring system. Here's what I mean. You know, I think so many times after we've gone through the training and 
you know, we're hitting the sidewalk, we are often our own worst critic. We're already monitoring what we're saying. And even more so, we may begin to compare ourselves to someone else. Like, oh, I could never be like Nate on the sidewalk. I'm not a super extrovert like Lauren. Bill has been out here for 30 years. Who am I to stand on this sidewalk and exercise my First Amendment rights and hand out information? And I just really want to challenge anybody who's struggling with that right now my reply back to you would be, you are a child of God. And if God has put this on your heart, he will equip you for the mission that he's given you. And there are people, there are people that need to see you, your unique personality, your unique gifts, your words, your heart shining through, because there's only some people that only you can reach. And so again, whether you are an introvert or extrovert, whether you consider yourself to be young or old, man or woman, I'm telling you, I've been out on the sidewalk more than 20 years and I have seen every single type of personality, every single type of denomination, every single type of, you know, insert something in the blank there, right? Be successful simply because you are a human being who is trained and equipped with resources and you care. And that is really the biggest key when we're interfacing with a woman is she wants to know that this person standing in front of her cares about her and her situation. And that is the key to unlocking a greater conversation with baby and with God, right? And you'll learn very quickly when you attend a Sidewalk Advocates for Life training that we walk you through that paradigm of mom, baby, God, that yes, God is always first. A mother puts her child before herself. So it's really God, baby, mom. That's the natural order. That's the right order. But a woman in crisis mode has all of that inverted and she's in you know, when you're in crisis, you're starting with your situation, you know, you're trying to push everything else to the recesses of your mind. And so when we go to the sidewalk and we tap into um, that, 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 that human moment and we let her know that the person standing in front of her is just an imperfect person too, trying to figure it all out and that we're going to be there for her and she's not alone. That's enough. That's what I want you to remember. That's enough to really see miracles on the sidewalk. So I just encourage you, especially you newbies on the sidewalk, you newly trained sidewalk advocates. And we've already had a slew of trainings early this year. We just saw a huge one in Cincinnati, Ohio that warmed our hearts. I'm getting ready to do an in-person training in Denver. I just want to encourage you, go out there, be yourself, do your best, and just leave the rest to God. And if you persevere in this ministry, you will see miracles. And if nothing else, our friend, former Planned Parenthood Director Abby Johnson tells us, that at the last Planned Parenthood conference she went to before she came to our side of the fence, they said that when there is a peaceful, prayerful presence in front of a facility, the no-show rate, the cancellation rate can go as high as 75%. So you're not even going to see all the victories this side of heaven in front of your face. So go out there, do what God is asking you to do, and I guarantee you, you will see fruit from that. There you go. So good. I love it. You know, it's so important that we do take that step. Just turn off that self-monitoring, be ourself, do what God has called us to do, be willing to stand firm and and just go for it. So That's I love right. it. Thanks. Put for yourself it. out there. Never, never know. It'll be good. So okay. Well, so it's funny. Um, we had like such a great response from our Ask Nate and Lauren session anything. Or wait, I just totally <laughs> Ask Nate and Lauren anything session, right? Normally we do an interview at this point in the show. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, we're finding the words. They're all coming together like a puzzle. Okay, let's start that over. 
We had people. Is this word scramble? <laughs> unscramble that and you'll know what the next segment is. It's so much fun. Let's play a game. Okay. So, yes, last week, so many of you let us know that it was a blast, like, to just throw a bunch of questions to us and have us answer it since we're in a new season of Wake Up to Life. We thought we'd do one more session at this juncture of Ask Nate and Lauren anything. So what that means, folks, if you weren't here last week for our segment, our interview segment this week, we are going to have you ask us questions. Nate will pick one and ask me and I will pick one and ask him. So we'll do this a couple of times and you get to learn some things about the hosts here or about the ministry or whatnot. And if you're super lucky, our producer may clip in and have something to say about the question too, like he did last so week. So we need questions. Oh, there's one. Good. Ooh. Okay. So I'm going to start, Laura. This is going to you. Um, okay. From, from Jeremy out in Utah. How important is it or not that sidewalk advocates be aware of the legal landscape or aware of policymaking? Yeah, I think that's a great question. Well, I would say, especially in post-Row America, it's paramount that you understand um, abortion in your state, right? Because if you are in Georgia, abortion is legal until about six weeks. So you're still going to see women walking into your local facility. Whereas, you know, the chatter in the other states is, oh, Georgia is pro-life and they don't really have any abortion in Georgia. And that's actually not what we're seeing, especially if you go to Columbus, Georgia, on the border of Georgia and Alabama, there's, I mean, it's practically an abortion destination because of where it is on the map, right? If you're in North Carolina, it's going to go to a point. If you're in Florida, I think the, the, the law right now is 15 weeks. So I think it helps you to be aware of the types of clients that you will see going in. There's other states that may make certain exceptions. For example, rape, incest, life of the mother. We have direction for our sidewalk advocates and how to handle these more precarious situations and encourage a decision for life while also really taking care of mom, right? Um, in Texas, it's illegal. But look, you know, if you're here in the great state of Texas, we still have abortion referral facilities on the ground. So I think at least a, a, a good general overview of what the abortion policy is in your state and then any laws that would affect that. Um, it's also good to know city ordinances. Sometimes those are at the city or state level. You know, you may have um, certain directives that push you back from the building a little bit, bubble buffer zones. You know, you can't approach somebody within a certain radius of the abortion facility unless they invite conversation. So there's just nuances like this. Of course, we've got attorneys that can help people navigate all of that. But yeah, Nate, you got anything to add to that? Was that a good? No, answer? I love it. I think that's okay. a, I think it's great. I think it was a great question. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to pick out Linda's question. Nate, what, especially since you were in Dallas yesterday, I'm really interested to hear how you answer this question. What was your highlight of the week, Nate? Oh, <clears throat> so um, <clears throat> all of you guys who know, who know me know that I think heartache barbecue just in the Dallas area is the best barbecue I've ever had. Now, maybe that's because I haven't had others that are better. Okay, so maybe Lauren's is better at Hutchins and McKinney. I don't know because Heart 8 has stolen my heart. So yesterday I got to do a 18-hour trip to <laughs> Dallas, Texas, and back home to Orlando. 
um, because we had some meetings to take care of. And one of those meetings was at Heart 8 Barbecue. So how awesome was that? We had a great time. Um, We were doing some final interviews for some positions, and uh, it was a great time. So definitely being in Dallas yesterday and eating some Heart 8 Barbecue. The only thing I was disappointed with was that I couldn't eat more. I got full way too fast. (laughs) Yeah, it was. uh, I mean, it's like a token Texas barbecue place. You walk in and there's this ginormous pit that they open up, right? And it's got all the meat. I mean, they've even got steamed baked potatoes in there. They pull my baked potato out of like this big thing. I don't know. What is that thing? What would you call it? It's... (laughs) It looks like it's the barbecue pit, I guess. I mean, yeah, like, it's, it just, <laughs> it looks like they open up like this ginormous dumpster and they're like, what slab of meat would you like? Just like a good Texan, you know, I've hacked up the cow. What do you want all, you know, do you want all of it? Do you want half right. of it? It's, it's amazing. And then they've got all these great sides too: macaroni and cheese, jalapeno cream corn. They've got cobbler. It's just, it's a dream. So you'll have to come to Texas and I'll take you to heart eight barbecue. So good. Right. All right, so Nate, you, Warren, get, um, you get a question to ask me. Okay. Um, let's see. Give me a second. Dun, um, dun, I'm going to ask this dun, question. Dun. So our producer gave us a question. Um, okay. What's one thing that people are generally surprised to find out about you? <laughs> I glow in the dark. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> what are they surprised? <laughs> I wouldn't even need these lights if that was true. Oh, my gracious. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's scary how quickly I rattled that off. Uh, let's go back. Um, what are they surprised (laughs) to learn about me? I mean, I don't know. I I would have to sit and think on that. I'm I'm a pretty open book, so it's not you know hard to guess too much. Um, I would say this is just a fun fact. I've never broken a bone in my life. No, actually, I broke a bone in my foot a few years ago, so I I ruined that. But generally, I've never broken a bone in my life except when I was born. So I was actually born on Easter Sunday, and the doctor pulled me out wrong and broke my collarbone. So when I was born, I had a broken bone. I was in the NICU for that. So two weeks late, fully, you know, I was a big baby, right? And what my mom told me was that I was was born at dawn on – Easter Sunday. So that's just a beautiful treat. But um, yeah, the guy was like fresh out of medical school and twisted me wrong. And oops, <laughs> little mistake wow. there. Right. So um, I, it does not bother me today. My collarbone is good. <laughs> they put me back together. Okay. There you go. That's good. Well, okay. we'll probably give you one more. Um, Jeremy had one nothing? that I think would be good okay. for you to answer. Um, Do you have any recommendations as a good source for presidential election coverage and commentary for pro-life people? Maybe focusing more on like, what's a good place to find commentary for pro-life people? You know, if I'm being totally honest, I am still figuring this out myself. There are times that I bounce between some conservative news sources, and I don't even necessarily mean conservative politically, just groups that have pledged to not add in their own commentary and opinion to what should happen or what is really taking place. You know, I I recently watched this TV series online on Amazon Prime that the storyline had to do with what had happened if the United States had and the allies had lost World War II. 
And one of the things that was so chilling was to see how much those regimes controlled the news. But I have to admit that I was sitting back for a moment and I was like, this is what some of the major news channels do, like just highlights here and there, little things that were scaring me. And so I really asked myself the question, is journalism dead in America? Now, I don't think completely. I think that there's people that are abiding by journalistic principles. But as far as recommending a news source right now, I am still sorting through that myself. There are people who think that they get good news from Newsmax or, you know, some of these other smaller news agencies or some of the, you know, again, more what's what's termed more conservative news outlets. Um, I'm afraid to recommend anything because I'm sure there's going to be wailing and gnashing of teeth. So, Nate, I don't know if you've got an opinion on that. I'm still sorting through that myself. I just tend to kind of consume multiple news sources at once and then try to form an opinion based on what I'm reading, right? Yeah, so. it's, it's it's really hard to to recommend one or the other. I do typically tend to use Newsmax for news, um, but I also use other sources as well. So yeah. I think I think from a pro life commentary standpoint, you just got to keep searching through some of the greatest pro life organizations that are putting information out. And you know, we are one of those putting some information out and commentating on some of the items in the pro life world, and we'll continue to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's do one more fun one. Uh, let's we we need a we need the kind of a lighter. I mean, we did. I I enjoyed answering the heavier questions. That that was actually a really really good question. <laughs> but we got to do something. We got to throw Nate off somehow. We've got to throw uh -oh. him a curveball. Something kind of fun. What do you want to know about Nate? Like, <laughs> there's got to be something out there. It's crickets, nope. crickets, right? If not, crickets. I'm going to ask Nate a question. So. Okay. Um, no, I don't know. This is this dangerous. Is, I embarrass you. I don't know. Yeah, don't is, don't do that. No, I don't think it. Okay, Valentine's Day is coming up. Give us one romantic thing that you have done for your wife. So this is hilarious. Okay, oh, so I'm going to take you back. See? I'm going to take you back a while because it's just okay. too funny not to. So Kristen and my first Valentine's together. Um, you know. We were we were obviously very young, right? We we were just starting dating. We've been dating a couple of months, and so I decided that I would, you know, do dinner at her mom's house. Like I would, her mom mm. would help me, you know, get dinner made. I don't know that I cooked much of it then, which is a shame, but but at least I was a part of the process, right? And so we we did that, and we had sat down to have this nice Valentine's dinner by like candlelight or the the lights were dim or or some some version of that. And one of Kristen's first things that she said is, can we turn the lights up? It was just hilarious. Oh, she did not like and, romantic. Right. <laughs> she didn't like and she doesn't like to this day dimly lit um eating at all. If we go to a restaurant and it's dimly lit, she does not like it. She didn't like it back then. She doesn't like it today. She wants so to see her food. Yeah, I guess so. Bright, bright, bright lights to make sure you could see everything. So that was just really funny to me. Our first Valentine's Day, I tried to make it a little extra romantic, dim the lights a little bit, and she didn't want anything to do with it. Did you feel like mildly offended or like, <laughs> what, what, like what was your reaction to that? I'm sure I did. Like, okay, let's, let's just turn the lights Nate back They needed up. a hug after that, you know? Like, you're trying so hard. Mm. And, you know, she's yeah. like, why is everything so dark? That's, That's hilarious. Right. Kristen, yeah, you crack funny. me up if you can someday hear this. 
All right. Well, there you go, guys. That was another session of Ask Nate and Lauren Anything. I can say it. We're not playing puzzle pieces here again. Yay. Okay. Um, Nate, I think you're going to walk us out of the show with a scripture reflection, right? I am. So it's time for our scripture reflection and prayer time as we um, close out the show. Today I have for you Psalm 62, 5, and 6, which says, Yes, my soul find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. So today, I just want to encourage you to remember again that we find rest in God. We find our hope in God. He really is our rock. And what does that mean? What does it mean for God to be our rock? It it should make us think of something that's you know, immovable. It's, it's steady. It's firm. It's not going to let us down. And I want you to remember today that no matter what's going on around you, even what internal conflicts maybe you're going through, that you can put your trust in God. He is your rock. He is your salvation. He is your fortress. He is the one that protects you and that he will keep you safe and that we, we don't have to be shaken because we know that we can trust in him. So today, I just want to encourage you that um, if you are feeling a little bit like life is kind of crashing down on you in some different areas, or or maybe you're just not at peace, you're struggling with a decision to make, or or you feel like there are just obstacles around you, remember that we can put our full and total trust in God, that He is our hope, He is our rock, He is our fortress, and that he will protect us, and that we have no need to be shaken or to be afraid. Even in Lauren's tip today, talking about being yourself and not being intimidated, not being afraid, not having anxiety in doing what we're called to do on the sidewalk, take that principle into every part of your life. And today, use Psalm 62, verse 5 and 6, as another anchor to anchor you to the reality that God is someone that can be trusted that he is your rock, he is your salvation, he is your fortress, and you have no need to be shaken. So I encourage you to read and meditate and pray on this scripture, as well as all of Psalm 62, and read some other passages of the Bible if you have time today as well, as you meditate and pray, and just prepare yourself for the weekend. So with all of that in mind, would you pray with me? Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity again to be here this Friday. Thank you for all that you're doing across the pro-life, pro-love movement. And God, we pray specifically today for these these five babies that have been aborted in D.C. who their bodies may be destroyed without intervention. And God, we pray that there would be efforts, the efforts would be successful to have an investigation open to make sure that these babies' um, bodies are not destroyed, but that the true investigation that needs to be done is done. We thank you for the many miracles we continue to hear about on the sidewalk even the one that I spoke about today. We thank you for all of the incredible work you're doing through Sidewalk Advocates for Life as our national team and all of our local teams, now 267 of those local teams across America and a few internationally. God, we just thank you for all that you've done. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for another edition of Wake Up to Life with Morning. We'll be here same time, same bat channel next week, 9 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Central, YouTube, Facebook Live, or wherever you get podcasts. See you next week, everybody. Have a great week. Bye, guys. Bye.